welcome to our Christmas carol service. Uh, we're going to go through uh, some old favourites and new ones. Uh, we have some readings for the kids, so please cheer them on and uh, be very patient as they uh, deal with some difficult words. Uh, we've got a short video um, that, that hopefully we'll enjoy, and we've got um, uh, a short sermon, I promise. So uh, hopefully uh, it will be a sort of... Um, a nice amount of time. I'm going to pray just because I don't know how else to start a meeting, um, and then we are going to launch into El Angels of the Realms of Glory. Is that right? Excellent. Is that what we were expecting? Angels of the Realms? Excellent. Yeah, Superb. Um, if you'd like to stand, if you can. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you in worship and attentiveness and uh, Lord God we pray that your son would be lifted up and that your Holy Spirit would be found in this place. Lord God I pray uh, that um, this would be a good time together and all God's people said Amen. 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 Excellent.
light of the world, the story of the shepherds from Luke 2, that same night, when amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born to be like a spotlight shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops he sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir to? A big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his, God sent his to a little hillside. Outside, a little town in the middle of the night, he, sp he sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy bunch, ragged old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were smelly and called them other rude names, which I can't possibly mention here. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed, because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That, that night, some shepherds were out in the open fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something the olive tree rustled, rustled with. What was that, a wingbeat? can be really nerve-wracking reading in front of a load of adults, so well done, uh, Miles and um, Carlitos and Joe. Um, if you'd like to stand, we're going to sing our uh, second uh, carol, which is a glory, Let There Be Peace.
And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a king wearing a magnificent crown. No, Dad, that's not it. Oh, really? Let me try it again. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a powerful, well-trained soldier. No, Dad, you did it again. That's not right. Okay, uh, how about this? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a democratically elected president. What? No. A trendy motivational speaker. No way. A big tech CEO. A movie star. Time-traveling cyborg? No, no, none of those are right. The shepherds weren't going to find any of those. Okay, then, little Miss Know-It-All. What did they find? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Oh, that's right, a baby. Does that even make sense? A, a baby is totally helpless. Yeah, but if Jesus didn't come as a baby, mm -hmm. then he would have known what it was like to grow up. Ah, but wait, why did he have to grow up? That's easy, to save us. Ah, well then that means that the best part about Christmas is... The baby. Right, the baby. Oh, well, I guess it's time you get some sleep. We got a big day ahead of us tomorrow. No, we're not done with the story. Okay, just a little longer. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he ourselves in Christmas or we start to lose it at Christmas that the uh, focus of it is the arrival of God in flesh and not God in flesh as a, as a cyborg or a prince or a warrior but as a helpless infant and the vulnerability that God went through to save us is, is just something that uh, should really strike us tonight. Um, if you can stand with me, we're going to sing Noel, um, and then uh, it is Sophia and Miles coming to do a reading.
anyone know what Noel means? All these people singing it. Sing these songs, but we don't know what they mean. Noel is French for birth. So it's a French word meaning sort of birth, and it, that's why uh, uh, we remember it uh, in the songs. So, could we have our next willing volunteers? Uh, Miles and Sophia, please. Sophia, you're up first, so get your skates on. They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud. Except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels, armed with light, and they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God, to God be fame and honour and all our hurrahs. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrowed cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some steps, 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 past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached. stumbled down the stable. They caught their breath, then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirty floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here. Heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like a bright star shining in the in the sky that night. A light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see the world, see and to see. And people, the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. It didn't occur to us when we put the furniture out that this was exactly the same height as Miles's head. So sorry uh, that people couldn't see his head. But that was really good, you know. Um, I struggled to get adults uh, volunteering to come and read up. And so it's a real blessing that these kids uh, uh, volunteered to come up. And uh, uh, Miles and Carlitos were very enthusiastic and it's uh, uh, really uh, appreciated. So... Um, Yes, you asked for it. So we've got uh, one more um, carol, and then we've got a short talk. One more carol, and then we're done, which seems uh, crazy for all the uh, planning um, that's gone in. Um, are you guys ready to sing Oh Holy Night? Excellent. If you take to your feet...
Amen, amen. Please take your seats. Um, can we have the PowerPoint up or is, or is it? Awesome. Thank you, Pete. Um, so, uh, very few notices, very few to uh, uh, remember. So, uh, next Saturday, we've got our football outreach. Uh, we played in the rock hard snow today and it went really well. So, uh, um, we're around next Saturday for the football. Uh, next Sunday, we are here but we are at nine o'clock meeting here. What time? Nine <laughs> I do this and still people turn up at different times. So, uh, but anyway, next Sunday, what? Nine right, yeah. So, <laughs> no, what, let, let, yeah. what day is next Sunday? Next Sunday is Christmas Day, and we are meeting at what time? Nine o'clock. Excellent. Christmas Day, nine o'clock. Here, okay? Um, we'll try and put the heating on before. It will be a very low-key, uh, stripped-down meeting. Uh, there won't be any PA or anything, um, and so it would just be an opportunity to uh, sing some songs and carols, uh, and perhaps get the kids to show us a present or two uh, and uh, just enjoy being together before the uh, pandemonium of Christmas Day really hits. Um, gentle, loving experience that you have at your home. Um, and then on the 1st of January, which is uh, uh, the Sunday afterwards and it's New Year's Day, we're gonna meet here at the rather boring normal time of 10.30. Uh, so, and that will be a chance when everyone will come up with their stories uh, from the different uh, uh, speakers we've had, from diff the different experiences we've had to just share something encouraging and to build one another up. Um, and I'll provide like a hint sheet as I normally do so that we can be reminded uh, what on earth happened in 2022. Um, excellent. Uh, that's our Christmas invite. Loads and loads have gone out. I've seen Paul Bryan lug them around the town. Um, and so we've uh, got uh, a couple of more things, the celebration and the Thanksgiving to go, um, which is good. And um, so we're just going to move into a, a, a short talk. I wonder if... Jay, do you want to give out... We've got some sweet. If you are a child and you like sweets, we've got a treat for you. If you find a treat that's really badly wrapped, that's the one I did. If you find it difficult to get into, that's the one Sam did. Oh, I'm okay if you're happy to stay there. As the mini-riot continues on down the front, I wonder if you can think in your lives of a really good teacher or a really good boss you've had. Uh, my best boss has always been myself. I'm an exceptional boss. Um, and as long as I'm uh, uh, just supervising myself, me and my boss get on really well. Um, Teacher-wise, I've had a, certainly a mixed bag, uh, but I wonder if you've had any good teachers. Can any of you name out loud a good teacher that you've had? Excellent. We hear some names shouted out. Excellent. Oh, I like Miss BC. She's very good, Mrs. BC. Right. Um, now, now the opportunity to shout out has stopped. Okay. Um, <laughs> There may be opportunity in a minute, but the, the um, thing. So, if you've ever had a great teacher or a great boss, they can transform things, can't they? They can transform a mundane task into something a little bit more interesting. They can transform a difficult subject into something fascinating and brilliant. A really good teacher and a really good boss can change everything for the better. 
Now, I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, but we're going to a stage where our kids are looking forward to school. And uh, say in August, they're thinking about what's going to happen in September. And there are those nerves and there is those um, uh, sort of uh, uh, conjectures of what the new term will bring. What will the new teacher bring? I wonder if you've changed jobs and wondered, I wonder what my new boss is going to be like. Is he going to be as amazing and as stimulating as Kevin? Or am I going to get someone just slightly uh, uh, less good? Or someone that's going to uh, just make my life misery all the time? I've certainly had uh, uh, my fair share of different bosses uh, in the past. And, and we can worry before those new teacher or new boss comes um, we can worry about whether they'll be understanding, whether they'll be compassionate, whether they'll be helpful, whether they'll make life easier or whether they'll make life harder. This fear and anxiety of character can also apply to our origins. The questions that uh, uh, currently uh, assail mankind is that are we the subject or are we the result of mindless chance? Or is there an intelligent being that's been involved? Is there a creator of uh, um, all that we see around us? Are the wonders of maths and music and nature and relationships, do they point to a he, she and it? Or is it something else? And if it is a he, she or it, what are they like? Are they distant or are they nearby? Are they careless or are they careful? Are they angry or are they compassionate? Are they judgmental or uh, are they forgiving? Are they unreasonable and make outrageous demands? Or do they ask something of us that we can do? Are they violent or peaceful? These things can occur to us. What is this creator like? Our Heavenly Father sought to supremely answer these very intentionally by this Noel, by this birth. Our Heavenly Father sent his son as a real-life human baby to give us a hint of what he is like. Now, I'm hoping for some uh, interaction here. What, and keep it clean, what do we know about babies? Say something about babies. They're tiny. They cry. They like milk. They like milk. Very good. They do stinky diapers. They do stinky diapers. Thank you. Uh, it was, um, and to be honest, that's a, that's a cleaner way than um, I feared. So, um, we all know about babies, don't we? All of us have some sort of experiences, either because we were one once, or we've seen them about. Um, some of us have had the privilege, though it's mixed, of having our own babies, and uh, uh, seeing them up close in personal 24-7, which I don't think I processed at the time. The angels may have shone in the dark in the story that the children read out so expertly earlier, and the angels may have terrified the shepherds, but God didn't want to terrify us by the arrival of his son. God amongst us was very deliberately different. God the Son would be like us rather than an alien or a cyborg. He was touchable, relatable. He was vulnerable. He was helpful and human. He was someone that you could get to know. And the humble manger... This food trough that Jesus was laid to rest in added to the sense that there is someone here in Jesus not born with immense privilege. I wonder if you've ever heard the phrase, 
uh, uh, born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And there, we can often feel that rich people and privileged people have a different experience of life. You know, everything gets handed to them on a silver plate. And others of us feel, you know what, we've had it difficult from the, from the start. You know, everything is a struggle. And, and we often feel that uh, determines something of our character. Well, here we have a baby born in a stable and put in a manger. He is someone not born with every advantage. He was someone like us, probably even stronger than us. Put your hand up if you were born in a stable or laid in a manger. No. So, um, Job, you're a liar. Um, I was there and uh, uh, you weren't in either of those things. Um, This story tells us that Jesus was born in these trying circumstances, that he did not have every favour under the sun given to him, but he lived in a struggle right from the start. Now, interestingly, the story tells us even more about what to expect from adult Jesus. Anyone know what animals shepherds look after very good i think in the first century they could also look after goats but but sheep is generally uh uh the, the the what we're expecting the shepherds we heard about earlier were in the fields with their sheep at night they didn't put them into safe little barns where they were uh, protected, they were exposed on the fields around Bethlehem. And even if the night is clear, you know, and you can see the moon and the stars, and you can perhaps see a little way, the landscape is totally different. I don't know whether you've seen landscapes at night, but they can be transformed by the darkness into something unfamiliar, strange, and even foreboding. What was once uh, welcoming and familiar can become unsettling and even hostile. Suddenly, your worst nightmares can come to the fore of your mind. You start uh, thinking of all the worst possible uh, scenarios in your mind. And this was the state these shepherds were in. They were watching their sheep at night. And in the blackness, these shepherds weren't there just to survive... They were to stop the sheep injuring themselves. They were to stop the sheep wandering off and getting hurt. They were to stop the uh, predators that would have been around, like wolves and uh, uh, perhaps sort of bears and lions, uh, a shepherd of the time talks about. There are various predators that would see these sheep at night and they would go in for the kill. And as a shepherd, you were responsible for protecting these animals in your charge. These guys weren't old, fat security guards falling asleep in their cosy chairs with a Dunkin' Donut in one hand. They were alert and armed men whose single purpose was to care for and protect these expensive sheep that were given to them. They were to protect the ewes and the rams and the little lambs. And as they're in this darkness as they're on high alert for predators, as the terrain seems unfamiliar and hostile, a piercing light breaks the darkness, splits it apart, and there is an impressive figure standing before them. The entrance is something that is supposed to inspire awe. The angel announces good news. And he says... It's in a very particular town. Now, luckily, they're on the outskirts of that town. Anyone know the town that this good news is in? Just shout it out. Bethlehem. 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 Very good. Excellent. Thank you. Very full shouting. That's it. Get out of your system. Bethlehem was where this good news was to be found. It was the birthplace of 
the land's greatest king. It was known as the town of David because King David, an ancient famous king, um, had been raised there too. King David had become royalty, but before that, do you know what he was? Anyone know? Shepherd. A shepherd. King David, before he was King David, was a shepherd. And he looked after what? Sheep. sheep. So he looked after sheep. Possibly on those very hills where those shepherds were, King David had looked after sheep. And he talks about, in his memoirs we find in the Old Testament, about protecting his sheep from all sorts of predators with uh, a, a, a essentially uh, a, a sling. In the very middle of the dangerous occupation of being a shepherd, David says it is there he learnt about God. It is not when he uh, was ruler of all things. It was on those hills in the darkness with the sheep and the bears that David learned about God. He learned about God's attention and God's protection. And David, and it is not surprising this, it is no wonder that later on, when David writes down some songs that he's written, he compares God to what? A shepherd. Everyone say shepherd. He compares God to a shepherd because he knows how he's looked after his sheep and he says, you know what? God is my shepherd. The job of these men in the nativity story and the celebrity associated with Bethlehem aren't random. They aren't coincidental. They're very deliberately chosen. These shepherds remind us of God the shepherd. And this town of Bethlehem remind us of David and his God who was compared to a shepherd. They are not um, crass, rude signs, but they are gentle, careful signs that if you pay attention, you will hear God announcing to us that he is going to be like a shepherd. That his son that is being laid in a manger, is going to be like a shepherd to us. The life that this baby will live out bore these signs out. We find in the story of Jesus that he was more human than anyone had ever been. He was more vulnerable, more honest, more authentic than anyone you will ever meet. And more than that, not only was more human than any human that you've ever met, he was the greatest leader the world would ever encounter. Again and again, people would meet him and their lives would be transformed. I wonder if you can think of a story that you know about adult Jesus. Can you think of a miracle that he performed or something nice that he said? If you can got the guts, you can shout it out. Okay, uh, put your hands up. We'll try that way. Go, Miles. When he died on the cross, straight to the uh, extreme example. Excellent. Ray. Feeding of the 5,000. Very good. Carlitos. He did indeed. Can anyone else? Job. That's right. We like that story, don't we? Yeah, in the, the, uh, when he's got Karen. He did. He cured a number of lepers. Excellent. And these stories. Go on then, because you've said all. Oh. Did he? He saved someone from the lion. Ah, okay. We might have gone back a little bit in time there, but uh, thank you for that uh, addition. And uh, it's really good. 
the, the Sunday school teachers can take uh, encouragement from the fact that the kids knew some Jesus stories. But these stories, all of them are beautiful. All of them are encouraging. All of them, even if you're the hardest atheistic cynic, you're like, you know what? They're not bad fairy stories. And if you think they're more than that, they are even more brilliant. And so he came alongside the people that were hurting. He loved the people that were lonely, that were shut off, that were frowned upon. The people that other people uh, were snobs to. He embraced the sick, the people that everyone was like, oh no, he's got COVID, I'm not going anywhere near them. He gave them big bear hugs. And he gave hope to the people that had no hope. His life told in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are full of stories of someone that has got to be the greatest shepherd that has ever lived. People all over the countryside loved to spend time with him. There are times and times where he, he's looking to go and have a little quiet time and he's just bombarded with lots and lots of people because they were attracted to someone who was the most amazing shepherd of people they'd ever encountered. He made them feel valued. He made them feel important. He made them feel listened to. And more than that, he had things to say that were helpful to them. But you know what? He wasn't some sort of well-being dog. I don't know whether you've ever encountered one. They sort of trundle them into work and you pat it and they slobber down your trousers and then they wander off. You know, Jesus wasn't someone that was just there to make you feel good about yourself because that would be pretty uh, one-dimensional. This Jesus, who was the best person and best shepherd that this planet had ever seen, then volunteered to give up his life. He gave up his life voluntarily. He asked to do it. And he did it as a sacrifice for us. Because we can't come into God's presence because we're just really good at being naughty. And God, that, uh, um, that is just no good for God. God is pure holiness and joy and wonder. And anything black and dark can't survive in his presence. And so Jesus died for this rebelliousness, for this selfishness, for this sin that we uh, uh, cover ourselves in time and time again. And the promise is that we trust in Jesus. And if we put our faith in the best man that ever lived, in the greatest shepherd this world has ever seen, Jesus promised us that we'll have the benefits of his shepherding for the rest of our lives and beyond. He will look after us and out for us. He will protect us and care for us and feed us. Everything a shepherd do, does on the hills of Bethlehem, Jesus does that and more to those that trust themselves to his keeping. If you already know Jesus this evening, I want you to use this moment to remember his humility. He came as a vulnerable baby and laid in that manger in a stable where he had no prominence, he had no fanfare, he had no luxury. And he did it for our sake. And I want you to wonder again at his humanity, his care and love and compassion. If the church of Jesus is even half as good as Jesus himself, we would transform the lives that we come across. And so we try to. And let me uh, again remind ourselves that this Jesus is our model and someone we're to copy. This good shepherd who just went around doing good is someone that we can seek to copy too. And if this Jesus is news to you, that this gospel message, this opportunity for salvation, this chance of life forever, 
then I invite you to look into it a little further. Ask God to make it a little clearer to you what you should do. Perhaps ask someone that's been up the front today about what their experience is of knowing Jesus is like because it is the best decision that we can ever make. Excellent. I think it's time to finish with a song. Um, can we stand? And uh, the music team, uh, can we give them a round of applause as they come up? We normally just have uh, one or two up the front and then to like, uh, to just go well beyond and have uh, uh, six people coordinated uh, is uh, really good and to have different instruments and vocalists is uh, uh, very exciting for us and uh, um, so just really pleased with how uh, much time they spent uh, in seeking to serve you tonight in uh, playing some carols. And it is Oh Come All Ye Faithful, one of my favourites. Let's go.
Amen, amen. You can take your seats. We're uh, uh, officially at an end. Um, so the next time we meet is Christmas Day, which is uh, next Sunday.